Yo, what's good people? It's Jay Cactus, and we're back again with episode 11 of Cactus Convos. Today I've got another real special guest with me. It's a man that's gone four times silver, one times gold. He's produced for people like Stormzy, D-Block Europe, Wretch32, Nines, Potter Paper, and the list goes on. He goes by RXR. RXR, what's good, my bro? Nothing, man. I'm just here, just here, just chilling in these times, but you know, that's how it is. These crazy times. Well, I appreciate yeah. you coming on, man, because it seems like you've been crazy busy recently. Even yeah. from chatting with you earlier, you've had a million things going on today. So I yeah. appreciate you Not, taking the time out of your day, man. Today, but um, yeah, man, I just want to make the time to, you know, come on as you reached out to me that. before, innit? Of course, man. Well, yo, even just reading them credits out, it sounds like you've just had, uh, I don't know how long you've been on it, but it sounds like you've had like a, a crazy come up story and it didn't happen overnight. So no, I, I want to get into a lot of them, but. Yeah, if you, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of run me through it. Talk to me about how you even got into music, how it all started, the birth of RxR. Yeah, know, no, um, literally we started like, so if I run it all the way back, I just like, I was remember listening to music, like samples was very big back then. And it was like, yeah. I think like Kanye West, Dipset days. Um, I was just fascinated by sampling. And then my friend was like, oh, you should try FL Studio. Picked it up, liked it. And then just got into making beats like that. But I didn't take it serious till maybe I was about 24, 25. Right. Uh, 29 now. And um, so about five years ago, I started taking it serious. But we started, it was me and another producer that started it together. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of, we still in touch, but we sort of went our own ways. And um, so a lot of the early credits was me and him. But like the recent right. ones like D-Block and pot of paper nines that's all me but the original ones like with stormzy and retro two and stuff like that that was both of us together right yeah okay cool so the first time you opened fl you said your yeah. boy hooked you up with it how, how long ago was that that was when like college days i think so i would have been about 20 21 20 yeah. about 2021 20, so you're yeah. messing around with it for like three four years or something yeah and i was just messing before, around you know with it you know like in your spare in my spare time i was just like messing about with it like just making drum loops and then i think it there was no tutorials out at the time so you yeah. couldn't like say how to sample a beat or whatever you had to literally just study it and just try and get to grips how you sample and stuff so um took me about maybe a month or two months to actually learn how to sample and once i got learn how to sample i'd get like loads of old records um my mum's cds whatever i could get my hands on and just sample it yeah um then i started so you're sampling like, from vinyl as well like taking yeah vinyl like records. my old my mum's old records so she had like cds vinyl records i was taking oh, just like mad. digging through the crates old school and um then finding mad crazy like samples that i hadn't really heard before was using that putting like the drums on it just when i listen yeah. back to it now rubbish but um, <laughs> at the time, um, you probably thought they were the best beats. Ever yeah, though, when, I, when I listened back, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was crazy. But um, yeah, it was the sampling. And then what happened after that? I think I just still didn't take it seriously. And then I think like certain artists was just like on Twitter and stuff. I think Instagram wasn't as popular as it is now. But artists yeah. was just like um, looking for beats. I was just sending them out to um, artists that I would listen to from the UK. And um, the first one I sent out was to an artist called Young's Teflon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sent out to him. 
he really liked it and then we just built like a relationship from there so like he was literally the first placement that I got so it wasn't until that point where you thought you know what I'm going to start taking this yeah. serious now once I got you, you saw some opportunity exactly once once he jumped on it and he was like it was like an artist that I would listen to um then I was like Do you know what I'm going to take it serious yeah so were you yeah. starting with boom bap then I take it if you were sampling it was like yeah yeah it was more like hip-hop drums yeah so back in the day like when it was UK rap that started it was more like squeaks young's teflon um nine scraps like if you go back and listen to all them old stuff it's like just yeah. rap music even pot of paper back in the day as well that's what I was listening to um it wasn't as it is now so you had to sort yeah, of yeah. learn and adapt with the times but that's how I literally started doing like yeah. hip-hop beats and sampling from vinyl, that's almost unheard of now. Apart from the people that have been doing it for a long time, but for new producers, they couldn't yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. like they, yeah, you literally pulling a vinyl record and get the yeah. loop or sample from YouTube and then finger. it. But that's literally how I started. I was like, my mum had the old records and CDs. I'd go through them and then literally find a part I liked and then sample it. That's mad. So you had no musical knowledge before that? You never played any instruments? None, none, really none whatsoever. Anything. I just grew up like loving music again, like so... My mom played music around the house and then back in the day when it was more grime and I was at school, I'd be the person that would play the beats in the school yeah. playground and I would never like want to be the one that's writing lyrics and rapping. But in terms of the beats, everyone would always say, oh, what beats have you got? What beats have you got? So yeah, I yeah. could always choose a good beat. That makes sense. So yeah. when you started to take things serious, were you working at the time? Were you like studying or...? Yeah, and no, I was studying and I was working. So I was a chef when I first started, like, sort of playing with F4 Studio at the time. And um, I'd done that for about three years. And yeah. then I was like, no, this is not for me. Quit. <laughs> and then I just started taking music serious. Yeah, yeah. And then never looked back. Then I didn't, yeah, literally, I didn't look back after that. I was like, Do you know what? Like, I think once I got the first placement, yeah, with Young Cephal, and that's when I was like, "Yeah, let me leave and just focus on music." That probably triggered something, didn't it? Where you're like, "You know what? I've I've got this placement here, so yeah, now like the, the sky's the limit now." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it goes for like a lot of. I think even like new producers that are coming up and stuff. I think once you get like a first placement, it gives you hunger to you want another one. Yeah, and definitely. another one, and another one, and like you just want more and more and more. It's never ending. Hundred percent. So at that point, were you um, were you more focused on just trying to get placements and kind of get into the so-called like industry side of it? Because it seems like people if people put producers in a category in it where you're either like a a YouTube producer or an industry producer, even though yeah. we're all the same thing. We're like, all the same. Like I never under like some people I don't know some producers will look down on say YouTube producers and think blah did, but you got a I think every, everyone's a producer at the end of the day, innit? Whether you, yeah. you all like music, innit? Um, yeah, of course. So, I think. So yeah, you know, you, but you, you never really had any ideas to to try like the YouTube thing. Was it more just work with artists directly? Yeah, I, because the way I started, we would literally me and my friend that started it, we would like link up and just like make beats, um, mm. like just create a vibe, make beats, and then just we just do it more for the love of music in it rather than actually yeah, yeah. thinking who's the beat gonna go to. But then. As the beat started getting better and better, then we just started saying, all right, cool, we're going to start sending them out. And these times there wasn't a lot of 
there wasn't a lot of producers in the UK like that. There was like a handful that I could like think of on one hand that was like yeah. doing their thing in the UK. So I was like, it wasn't as big as it is now. Now it's like, it's massive. When I first started. Everyone's a producer now. Yeah, everyone's like, there's loads of producers now, which is good for the scene, the culture, everything. But yeah. back then there wasn't a lot. So it was like, it was easier to get the beats to who you was listening to. And there wasn't a lot of yeah, UK yeah. artists like that back in the days as well. Yeah, it feels like the UK is blown up in terms of music over the past few years like we're finally getting the recognition that we deserve because 100% a while back even like a few years back it seemed like everything was just US based but yeah yeah what do you think changed it what do you think sparks like the whole world to be interested in UK music I don't know I don't I don't I can't say when it actually like shifted but I know that maybe three or four years ago I was listening to majority us music but now when i look at my playlists and stuff and albums i really there's not really i, I would go towards the uk side of things rather than the mm. us whereas before it was heavily us a little bit of the uk i'm the same um, i'm the yeah. same like even though i was based in the uk like i'd, I'd always just listen to us music because i grew up on people like like nas and mob deep yeah yeah, Wu-Tang, exactly. them kind of vibes so yeah. i was just stuck on like that kind of scene but then yes i don't know what happened something just triggered it Some, and... I, I couldn't actually pinpoint it i would say definitely drake maybe reaching up to six seven at the yeah. time that was like a big part of the scene um gigs when drake reached out to gigs i think drake might play a big role in that as well when i look yeah, back on yeah. it because when i go back we was doing our thing um but then yeah, six, seven, and when he reached out to gigs, maybe, and then the the rise of the drill scene as well. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I I think I agree with the Drake thing. He um, because the whole world is watching Drake, and as soon as 100%. he puts someone on, then everyone's gonna pay attention to that. So he did that with gigs. He did that with even Skepta as well. Yeah, he done it. Yeah, Skepta sorry, on yeah, his album, Skepta, didn't he? He did um one dance as well, which sampled an old funky house song. So yeah, he's always right. been, I think Drake might be like a key point of when it sort of shifted and then everyone was like, wow, like there's actually real talent in the UK in it. And it was just, yeah, Drake definitely. was more the shine and the light on the UK. Do you think Drake, do you think Drake just fucked with the UK style or do you think, because I know Drake's real smart and he can kind of see what's about to pop. Do you think mm, he knew 100%. that UK music was about to pop and he wanted to get on it early? Or do you think he just fucked with our sound and wanted to get on it regardless? I think I think I, th- I think he might have just been like I think he just fucked with the music and then it just so happened to I think maybe there's a tactical side of it but at the same time I think he fucked with it genuinely as well and then yeah, they both go hand in hand in it because I don't think that he would have done something that he um Dave was another one yeah when he yeah, reached yeah, out yeah, to Dave right. like I don't think he would have done the song if it was just for like oh I see that this is gonna be big. I just couldn't imagine just doing the record unless he actually liked them and the sound and the songs in the first place. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So shout out to Drake for putting his on, man. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that's, that's our what, guy as well because he's I from Toronto, isn't it? it? So I've never heard like, the question, is it? So when I think yeah. back to it, that's I would say that and the drill go hand in hand as well. So yeah, especially now, Definitely. like they all come to us for the beats and stuff like that. Now. Yeah, of course. Drill's just taking over, isn't it? 100%. And it obviously hasn't always been like that. So when you were just starting out, you were mm. like sampling, making like rap or boom bap kind of yeah. beats. So you've been in the industry for so long. How do you think everything shifted and how have you adapted to it? Because we've obviously yeah. gone through certain genres. We've had like rap, grime, drill. Have yeah. you just had to adapt 
like each time? 100%. So obviously, like when it was way back, when it was like the early age of the UK scene, it was more sample a song and then put some drums on it, whatever. Yeah. And then it slowly, I think like when Young Fug and um, when Young Fugs first started coming up, and there was that more of sort auto tune rap started came in yeah. more evident. Then obviously the UK started. You started to hear more artists from the UK trying out that style. Right. And then from then I was like, okay, cool. Let me just start trying to do more trap beats, where it's more yeah. melodic driven. Melodies are good. The drums, whatever. Um, so yeah, that I would say yeah. Um, I, for, I forgot your question. But like, <laughs> I was basically just asking about like how how the industry has shifted like in terms of like genres oh, and tell, how yeah, you've yeah, had yeah, to yeah, adapt yeah. to it yeah so it was more like so before it wasn't really like focusing on the melody side of things it was more because yeah. i could just sample pick up an old record and then sample it but then as i seen it was more melodic i was like let me learn how to make my own melodies as well um right. so that i can try and get more placements with the trap side of things because the whole sampling and making rap beats it's sort of dying out right now, isn't it? So let me try and adapt yeah. so that I can sort of still keep getting placements and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Why do you think everything shifted from being like boom bap? Not even boom bap, just like sampled stuff to... Sampled stuff to... It, it's um, just become a lot more melodic, hasn't it? Like, yeah. 100%. In a way. See, that I wouldn't even know where to pinpoint that as well. <laughs> but I know that your the likes of, say, Young Fug had a big part to play in it. I'm trying to yeah. think of other artists as well, but... Young Fug stands out because I remember at the time it was like unique. I'm trying to think of any other artists that Young Fug. There was another one at the time as well that you'd, I've been listening to. Was it was Future um, around the same time? Future, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. How can I? How can I forget? Yeah, Future, <laughs> yeah. Future, Young Fug, them kind of one start of pioneering it, and yeah. then um, obviously then the UK sort of picked up and was like, let's run with it and do our own thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think like technology might have had a part in changing that as well because back mm. in the day like not everyone had access to all these like midi pieces of equipment and stuff for cheap or like midi files that you can use and 100 you know, like maybe it was just sampling records or whatever but then yeah. as it became easier to access certain equipment like people could adapt to that yeah. if you know what i'm saying 100 percent. it just makes it more easier in it so whether it be like yeah. somebody sending loops whether it be using a midi kit that someone's released or however it is it just gives us as producers more creativity it makes it easier easier for us to get beats out rather than you doing everything yourself um yeah, you yeah. said you send me a melody and then i do the drums half and half we both get a placement we both get money we both get paid rather than me doing all the work making a melody from scratch and doing the drums it's a win-win situation definitely because back in the day it was like you either were sampling or you had to be mm. a musician or yeah, pulling yeah, musicians yeah, yeah. like session musicians but yeah. now it's like you can just collaborate on everything like you, you've yeah. got stuff that kind of creates melodies for you chord progressions for you mm -hmm. it feels like um collaborating with producers that never used to be a big thing no. it might have happened sometimes but like especially nothing compared to what it is now yeah i don't know what yeah, it was back I in first, the day when i first started doing it it was there yeah, same I, did, I hardly recall ever collabing with yeah. anyone for beats when i first started doing it but then obviously as times progressed and stuff it's like let's collab but it's the smarter thing to do because it saves you half the work yeah 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 and of both course. of you can sort of send out the beat or i might be in a session or the other producer might be in a session and it's like well 
he well, he was in the session, he played it for him. We've just doubled our chances of landing the placement together. That's it. It's twice the network, isn't it? I yeah, was just twice speaking the network. about this the other both day. Both of us on at the same time as well. That's it. Because, say, for example, I collab with you, you're going to send it out to all your people, I'm going to send yeah. it out to all my people. And it's like, you just never know where it's going to end Exactly. Up, you so. never know where it's going to go. Like, you can send it, to, or I could be in a session with someone, play it, and the next thing you know, it's on an album. I'm like, look, this is the contract. We're going to split it. It's both of our credit. We both got a credit. Yeah. Boom. But it's the best way. Yeah, definitely. So just whilst we're on the topic of, of contracts, because yeah. I get a lot of producers asking me questions like, you know, as a producer, do I need to copyright my beats? What do I do yeah. with them? Do I need to sign up for PRS? Do I need yeah, like, yeah. ASCAP, BMI? I feel like a lot of the information that we get is based around US-based artists yeah, and producers. Not, yeah, you, so there's yeah. a lot of confusion. So from your experience, like a new producer coming up, what do you think they need to do to... Not like, not like protect themselves in a way but making sure to make sure that they're collecting all the right royalties is it just yeah. the prs that they need do they need anything else so i had to learn this the hard way as well because nobody <laughs> really wants to like teach you or drop it you can look yeah. if you look for the right in the right places for the information but i had to do it the hard way um and i'd say that if you're a young producer and you're coming up the best thing to do would be to number one register with prs that's a must yeah there's another part to it's through PRS, but it's called MCPS as well. Right. You make sure that you register to MCPS as well, as well as PRS. That's like essential. What do they collect? So they collect. So the PRS side of things, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure that PRS will collect your, um, your sort of radio plays, TV plays and, anything that's performance-based, whether it be festivals, concerts, things like that. And yeah, the MCPS right. side of things will collect your more streaming royalties. Right, okay. Whereas people, some people think, oh, I've got PRS now, it's going to go and collect my stream. It's not the case, unless you've got a publisher as well that's doing it. Right, that makes sense then. Yeah. when someone uploads a track to like DistroKid or, you know, mm. what, like CD Baby, somewhere like that, yeah. The artist usually has to add the producer at that point, don't they? Add the credit, but, yeah. They don't. Some, they don't some do artists that. don't. They, you can get away with this. It's very... If, you, if they're an independent artist and they're releasing it through that, they can just easily yeah. miss you out. And then it's just... It's a, it's a hard one because then it's like, how do you then go about doing it? You can email them and do it like that. But unless you've got like a lawyer, publisher, um, it makes it harder to reach out and get your percentages that you're you're um rightfully yours definitely i think it's obviously key if, you, if you're going to make anything then do a split sheet right from the beginning yeah 100 new That's producers yeah, working with yeah with new producers working with independent artists they might mm. they don't always think about that because they, they might not expect the song to do that well or they've just never dealt with it before so they don't think they need to but then if that song pops off that's when you're struggling then because you haven't agreed to nothing no 100 so, percent do you think people should do it even if they are just working with small yeah, independent artists? Yeah, 100%. Like, have like an agreement in place, but don't just have it verbally. Have it on paper, written down like a contract. Maybe yeah. reach out to a lawyer. I would rather than getting like, a, you can get templates and stuff like that. Maybe get yeah. a lawyer to just draft you up a contract that says like who's the percentages and then send them out with your beats or if you're in a session with the artist so that they've signed it and everybody knows, look, I'm going to help you in your career but if like once money starts coming in this is for me and that's for you and everything's like 
rather because then you hear a lot of stories once a song blows up the artist doesn't want to pay the producer the producer never got paid and right there's a whole load of hassle so i would say definitely get your paperwork uh in order before with artists or try especially an independent artist yeah yeah definitely i yeah. think i think people might just be scared of doing it like they don't want to like say if they don't really have any placements it might be their first time working 100%. with an artist or something and they're like yeah. they don't i don't want to scare them off but if anything it's probably going to make you sound more or, or look more professional yeah because if you're the one talking about like split sheets and contracts and stuff after they've already taken the beat then you know it's going to make you look like you know your shit and you're on this so if anything, it's going to make you look professional i think you're them. correct with what you said a lot of like say new producers that are coming up they don't want to step on the artist's toes and talk about the business side of things because they're scared of losing the placement or losing yeah. the relationship thinking oh um i'm not going to get any more work or whatever but you just got to remember you just got to value yourself more and remember you're as important as the artist yeah definitely. And you bring half of that work you're still classed as a writer as the song because you've wrote 50% of the music so you're as important so never feel away about um the business side of things just make sure you've got the business side in order and like you said the artist will respect you more um knowing that you've got your business mm. they, they either will respect you more or they'll just make sure that i'm not going to release the song without having the business and inside of things done because i don't want anything to come back on me yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. and if that person at that point just fucks them off and like doesn't respond or whatever maybe that's someone that you wouldn't want to work with anyway again yeah 100%, someone like, that's unprofessional yeah like i've had incidences with artists and stuff where things like that have happened and it's just like cool i don't see i don't hold any grudges or um yeah. have any resentment i just see it as cool i've learned my lesson we move on and i just know not to work with that artist ever again yeah yeah 100 percent. some people so obviously that go sorry go on Oh, go on, you, you go ahead. Yeah, I was, um, I'm, some I was are, some people would still be like trying to work with the artist, but it's like from they've done you dirty in a sense. It's like there's no point. Like have some pride and just move on to another artist because there's always going to be new artists coming up. Yeah, hundred percent. If you lose mm. out on that one, it's like you just have to keep going. Yeah, it's going to be hundred throughout. Like the majority, the majority of artists will probably do it the right way. I imagine, mm. or I like to think. But then Especially there might if they've be got a label, that, that... there's no way they can do it thing unless they got yeah. like a label. I don't know, but nine times out of ten, if you've got a label, it's, it's the independent side of things where you've got to be um, cautious of sending out beats to the email and it getting used and you're not getting paid or not receiving a contract. But from it's a label, they're going to hit you up because they don't want to get sued, copyright, all of them kind of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's a whole different story once once the with a label because then they're liable as well. It's not just yeah, the artist. Facts, hundred percent. So that's kind of cool if if people are getting placements like with people that are you know signed to a label. But for anyone that maybe hasn't got any placements or is struggling to work with artists, mm. what would you recommend they do? Like, what's the process? So let's pretend I'm a I'm a new producer, right? Yeah. And let's say my my beats. First of all, my beats are up to scratch. Like my beats okay. are good because that's the main thing. Yeah. What What do I do? Where do I start? How do I get someone on so, the beat? Obviously, it's different now. The game's different. So I would just say network as much as possible. Number one. Um, yeah. Number two, send as many beats out as possible as you can to different emails. You never know who's checking. Um, number three as well, I would say try to get 
in as many sessions as possible as well which with even if it's local talent like yeah. your local talent might then introduce you to somebody that's bigger um right. like you never know like from networking and getting in studio sessions getting in studio sessions is the best thing to do um yeah. as long as like being on job and when an artist puts uh semi beats hit them up like straight away try and be first until you start landing placements but the best thing is getting studio sessions yeah um, so we're sending beats out where where would people find these emails is it just so follow got, these like, people on instagram on, check the on, socials on, yeah, yeah social media in their bios or maybe hit up a manager or someone that's in their camp whether it be some people just like to go for say the artist directly or the manager where they're the ones that are going to be busy maybe shout their photographer or their um mm. the engineer because the engineer is the one that's in the session that's going to be playing the beats in the first place Nine photographer's times a mad one i haven't heard that before you know that could be a gem because i've heard people saying engineers before but i haven't heard anyone saying photographers yeah but that, that photographer, could be a gem videographer like whoever's whoever you can see that's on their team that yeah. is a key role it might be their friend and then you sort of see on their instagram oh they ain't got a lot of followers let me reach out to them and see if i can network with them rather than hit up the out the artist directly because they're going to be inundated with beats all the time like so it's like winning a lottery whereas if you yeah. send it to the photographer or engineer or whoever you got more of a chance because it's nine times out of ten that they'll play the beat in the session and then you'll get they'll jump on the beat Definitely, yeah. Not yeah. many people would think like that. Everyone just wants to send them to the artist, but nah, and you can imagine inundated. what an artist email looks like. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, as well, if another thing as well, when an artist drops a project, that's when everyone will be like, "Oh, I need to send that artist beats." Yeah, that's when it's going to be the peak of things. Wait for the project to die down. Give it a month, two months, three months when they're not really working. When they when they've gone quiet, yeah. Then hit them up, and you've got more of a chance then because like when it's at the peak, they're just going to be flooded every day with beats because everyone's the hype around it. When um, it, go, it dies down like three months time or two months time, then start sending them a beat, you've got more chance that they're going to open it up if you do have their email. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, so following people on Instagram, like any social media platform, always check the stories, maybe show yeah. some love, like start commenting on the posts. 100%. Drop them and, and I think the, the thing is as well, just don't... Um, Spam. Don't yeah, don't don't spam and don't be like needy. Like yeah. build the build the relationships organically as well. Like because there's nothing worse than like being that needy producer that's like too much because the artist's gonna be put off straight away. Yeah, They're gonna yeah, more definitely. see you as a fan rather than respect you for your work. Yeah. And that can be like that can be a fine line to cross cut it mm. because producers will probably get excited to like speak to this person they might message them quite a lot yeah yeah, yeah. 100 percent. Right. some people can't control it you just got to remember that and always remember as a producer you are as important as the artist like what you do is as important so like they should be in a way like oh i'm getting to work with the producer like maybe not the other way around where we're like oh they should be like oh i'll get to work with you as well but that's just yeah. the way i think because i'm i'm a from a coming from a producer's perspective in it um no, that but, makes sense. Yeah, just, and it will take some confidence to think like that as well, though, because yeah. people will think like, especially if, if it's someone that might not have placements, they might think, well, th this person's above me because he's got all of this, you know, like he's yeah. got some success in music. But if you start 100%. thinking like that 
and you start kissing this person's ass and they're just not going to respect yeah, you yeah 100 i've seen it too many times where it's like they've been like artists have been spammed and whatnot it's just you can go about it other ways than spamming them and um yeah. being too needy like just getting studio sessions hit up the right people and then just and give it time as well i think to in today's world we live in everybody like wants it right now yeah yeah like it might Definitely. be not be your it might not be your the timing for you now in it but when the when the timing's right it will land yeah how would you recommend that people get in studio sessions because it's one thing like messaging someone on instagram but mm. actually getting into the studio with them might be a whole other thing Do, yeah, i'm so, guessing it just takes it takes time of like speaking to this yeah, person it's like, and building it's up like, a relationship um, you're not like that's just like down to natural relationships you've got with like other producers yeah. engineers <laughs> artists um like the oh like the reason i got the d, uh, d block placements as well was because there was um there was a guy who i know he used to go out with one of my cousins and he was doing music at the time and I wanted to help him. So right. he was like, oh, he played me some of his music. And I was like, oh, you're hard, you know, like, but no one has heard of him. He didn't even have an Instagram at the time. I was like, you're yeah. actually sick. Like, I want to help you do the music thing. So we went studio. And um, then the person that was doing doing the session was D-Block's engineer. And one of them from D-Block was there called KB. Um, right. And he was like, oh, what, you you produce? Like, let me get your beats to D-Block and, like, that's just how that happened. But it would have, the point I'm trying to make is it never would have happened if I hadn't have gone and tried to help develop my the local talent that I had yeah, yeah. around me. By, so it just happened naturally and organically rather than me just reaching out over Instagram. So that's why we say get in the studio and get um, build as many relationships as you can. That's you crazy never know how that just happened. It. It's mad how the universe works like that. Like you getting that placement was just not your intention at first yeah, in the slightest, was it? But because you were looking out for someone else, it's like it rewarded I don't know if you believe in karma, but yeah, the universe rewarded you. Yeah, hundred percent. And before that as well, I remember at the time I was listening to T Block stuff as well. And this was and then I was like, What did I say? I, I remember making a folder of beats and I just wrote on the folder D Block Europe beats and I had beats ready to go for when I was in a situation like that. I knew one day a situation like that would happen. It was just timing. And obviously it happened yeah. through me helping someone else. So it was like, it was the way the universe was rewarding me for helping someone else. That's crazy. But I was think. prepared. This is the thing. Some people might get disheartened when things are not going your way, but just remember, just keep stacking your beats. So you got 200, 300, 400, because there's going to come a time when you yeah. are in the session and then you're ready. You are ready to go. Yeah, You're prepared. Yeah. I suppose that's the other thing, like being prepared, because if if you'd only been producing for like a few months and then you were in a studio session, maybe exactly. you don't really know what you're doing yourself and it wasn't your time. So an opportunity might have come up, but it's not really your time. So you're going to miss that opportunity. That. I said that to, the, to them in the studio. I was like, if this was two years or maybe three years before and this was happening, yeah. I said, my beats, wouldn't, um, my beats wouldn't have been that good. I couldn't hear you lot on the beats. But then obviously the timing was perfect. Didn't it? Everything happened when the time's right. That's why I always say, trust the timing yeah 100 percent. so how important do you think like having a good mindset is in actually believing in yourself because for me personally I, I spent a lot of years making music but mm. i never really believed in myself and never really thought i could make a living off it yeah. and so i didn't take it seriously and then 
when something changed in my mind and was like, you know what, fuck this, I'm going all out. And I, yeah. I just put everything into it and I, I started believing. That's when everything started changing for me. I'm not saying I've like gone somewhere crazy, but yeah. I've, you know, I've been able to accomplish You can see the progression things, and like, like what, where you've come from as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, how, much do you, how important do you think it is to have that mindset? The mindset is everything because if you're just going to be thinking like, oh, I can't get a placement or self-doubt, that's gonna you've already lost basically like you already you're already like putting yourself down whereas if you're thinking positive and like oh um this year i'm gonna kill it um i'm gonna get placement some i am rather than saying oh i can't and looking at downside mindset is a big thing massive thing because i remember before when i was doing music i had probably had the wrong mindset i was maybe like oh i want to work with this person x y and z and as my mindset shifted, things have started happening. Yeah, 100%. I think confidence is a big issue with a lot of producers as well. Because yeah. if they can't really take themselves seriously, obviously nobody takes them seriously because mm. they're not taking themselves seriously. But 100%. I think it's down to like a, a few things. Like even even the people you're around, like for someone that might not be successful as a producer, but they want to they wanna do it as a career, yeah. then if they're hanging around people that don't really believe in them or you know they might show off a couple of beats to the boys and they're mm. like yeah yeah they just see it as like a joke in a way yeah and they've got no one kind of supporting them then that can be hard for someone so mm, i think one thing is like surrounding yourself with the right people like maybe other musicians other producers do you think, like, do you think there's yeah. anything else that people could do to if you surround yourself with like like-minded people because at the time when i first started making beats i was maybe around the wrong crowds that was doing the wrong things that had nothing to do with like making music and um yeah still in the wrong shit that people get caught up in everyday life but yeah yeah once i started surrounding myself with like positive people created people that was had the same sort of vision whether it be producers or graphic designers just creative people in general artists then i start you start building the right circle of people that are meant to be in your life and serving your purpose rather than the wrong types of people yeah definitely so for a new producer that's maybe never been in a studio session, yeah. talk them through what a studio session is actually like and what your role is as a producer there, like you yeah. know, how you should be acting, what you should be doing there. So you yeah. walk into a studio, you're with an artist, maybe a couple other people, like wait, what do you do? What, yeah, what's your no, thing? so <laughs> this is the thing. It depends as well. Like if, if there's an engineer there as well, that's engineering the session, then cool. Because obviously I can engineer a bit, but, I wouldn't yeah. say I'm learning that as an extra thing to add to my sort of skill set as well at the same time. But right. if we're just talking like you're going to shoot a session and playing beats and the engineer's there, then what I would do is just like just treat it as just treat it as just like um just treat it as normal and yeah. don't get too excited. Like if for example it might be a big artist or whoever, but just treat them as a normal person not as a fan like maybe you can yeah. compliment them say oh i'm like a big fan of your music but there's a way to do it don't start yeah, getting yeah. your phone out and <laughs> taking pictures for instagram and snapchatting <laughs> yeah, the yeah. songs and stuff when you haven't even built up the relationship yet that's how you get and, out real quick <laughs> yeah like they'll be just like you're a fan straight away like you're not coming to the studio ever again um yeah and just like get ready to play your have sort of if you know you're going to have a session as well sort of be prepared like have mm. your beats ready that you think will suit that artist 
or have melodies ready that you think will suit the artist. Because nine times out of ten, if you play a melody that they'll like, the drums is easy to do as producers. If you've got a sick melody there, play them the melody, then build it all around. You can change the drums in it. So, yeah, for example, yeah. when I had a session with someone, it was more of like an emotional track. So the drums right. didn't need to be too heavy. It was thus sort of catering to what the artist was saying. Um, yeah, whereas yeah. if they was doing a song that's more for the streets, you'd put a lot of energy into the drums. Right. Um, that's why I'd say like have melodies ready as well as your beats ready as well. That makes sense. And that's just going to avoid beat block as well. 100%. It feels like it's, it's definitely easier to have beat block on a melody rather than the mm. drums. 100%. Like, drums once once is you've always, got the melody, yeah, the, dr- drums, the drums, is, drums are there. Is always, you're always going to be able to think of drums, like no matter what, it's just the melodies. The melody is like the main thing that sparks the inspiration for the artist. Like that's what they're going to follow. What you then decide to do with the drums is down to you. Like I sort of tailor it towards what the artist is saying. If I'm in the position to create it from scratch with the artist. Yeah, yeah. So do you ever pull up to the studio with just like a bag of beats and you're just cycling through beats or is it always... Yeah, you're I'll have like... A, I'll, if, I, if I know I've got the heads up to say, look, I'm going to have a session with this person, I'll think, all right, cool. What have I heard them on? I don't... I'll play stuff that I could maybe hear them on and then I'm going to try and play some stuff that they haven't done before as well because sometimes they don't want to do... Say, for example, you know, the guitar thing is very well popular, in it? So yeah, yeah. let's say the artist, you, they're known for jumping on guitar beats. They might not want another 10 guitar beats. They might want something that's more yeah. futuristic rather than being the same. So maybe have some that you could hear them on and then maybe have some that are like, futuristic maybe pushing the boundary something you never heard them on before as well as yeah. having melodies like if worse comes to the worst and they're like i'm not feeling any you can just play them the melodies and then you can build the beat from scratch with them in the session which is better i think anyway yeah 100 percent. i think that's a gem what you said there though with like what was i going to say yeah so for example like let's say an artist has just put out an album and mm. most of their beats on the album have been like guitar based like you were just saying once they finish that album, they might be looking to move on to a new sound. They might be done with guitar beats. 100%. So once someone puts out that project, you might be sending them all them type of beats that you've just heard on that album. But really, yeah. they're kind of done with that. So 100%. I guess like, it's kind of hard to, to judge it, isn't it? Because you might not know what they're going for. So would 100%. you say people just need to send a balance of both? Or? Um, they're like a prime prime example, yeah, would be um, like Kanye West. If you go back and you listen to his album from the first album to say Sweet Life of Pablo. Yeah. He always changed and evolved. So if you was gonna yeah, send yeah. him a college dropout beat for when he was gonna do late registration, right. It would like he was already onto something else. And then when graduation yeah, came yeah. around and then it was like eight oh eight and hot, it was always evolving. So I feel like if artists that always stay evolving are gonna be around for a long time, the sound has to progress. Whether it be like I said, the little baby and gunner, um guitar beats your typical like guitar beats it's like unless it's like an amazing guitar loop or whatever yeah they want something else now they want they want the next best thing the next wave yeah, yeah. 100% I, I guess it's hard to judge what that next wave is as yeah, well yeah you got to that's, that's to why as, as producers we set the tone of things because we're the ones that are creating the next sound that like might be like certain beats have done like three years ago would then get picked up and got placed last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so it's like, you just we are the ones that sort of set where the scene is going. 
yeah so i guess you have to be creative but mm. not like too wild because it always yeah. shifts like a little bit doesn't it it's yeah not it shifts like... a little bit and i remember it was like flute i think it went from flute to guitar yeah yeah and then like it was like okay guitar to like i would say but then it, like drill started killing it and everything but was then like, it beat. was like piano drill wasn't it yeah, but yeah, now yeah, again yeah, yeah, it's yeah. shifting from piano drill to like anything drill now yeah like, i, think I feel like drill's just evolving so much yeah yeah sample based samples drill. now as well so it's like can bringing back the sample as well for it's like it goes full circle like what we said when i first started it was like sample yeah. based and um like now a lot of this year and towards the end of last year i was sampling again um just because i can see the rise of just rap in general again now like yeah, your yeah. your nines your pot of papers your fredos and etc etc it's like that is what's coming back as well do you think UK rap's gonna take over drill? Oh, hundred percent. Because it feels like drills million, on top. Million, you think UK million, rap is doing it? Million, thousand percent. Like I just looking at it from like as a whole. I'm just looking at it and yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Like the melodic thing was good, and still will always be good. But it's like they want like the way I can put. It, I had a conversation with someone the other day, and I'm like, with what's going on in the world and stuff, people are not getting to go out to like clubs or festivals and. Yeah. listen to these like club songs that are meant to be in the clubs like your wavy songs and right. the drill songs and stuff where the rap side of things pe- like people want to hear that pain like because right now no one's having a, a good, good time, time. <laughs> yeah that people are in yeah, their yeah. houses and stuff in it so they want to hear yeah. um like real rap like what people are, are going through this. so when pot of paper dropped that project that's like the perfect time because people yeah, wanted yeah. to hear that sort of thing and then Obviously, you got Nines that went number one. I think Fredo went number two. Um, people want to hear that again now, innit? So it's like, I feel definitely, if you don't know how to sample, learn how to sample, as yeah, well as definitely. making melodies. 100%. Yeah, I suppose people at home right now, they actually have their time or they're actually paying attention to what's being said, whereas like the music that was popping off before, maybe they were just like out and it was just like background noise. But mm. yeah, like it feels like now, obviously people do have the time to absorb what they're actually hearing, if that yeah. makes sense. 100%. Well, let's let's rewind a little bit because yeah. I know like, we've kind of got into everything, but I want to hear about, let's go way back to when, okay, so you, you quit your job, you yeah. started music. Yeah. How long did it take you to get to the point where you were actually like, earning a living from music Me, and being from like, music. Right, okay, so, comfortably doing obvi- this. Yeah, I would do like, so when I first quit the job, I was just like sort of doing odd things here and there just to get by. Yeah. And then um, put the money back into like studio equipment and stuff like that. I'd say probably took me like another, t- like probably like two, three years of like struggling and basically not struggling, yeah. but like you're not, where you want to be beat. financially in it to make be yeah, earning yeah. a living off of music so it took me probably i'd say about two three years from when i quit my job to be making something that i'm like okay cool i can live off of this it's nice um what kind of sacrifices do you think you had to make like during that two three oh yeah years? like certain things that you'd see like that was out or whatever like it's having the discipline to say like oh i'm not going to spend it on that um yeah i'm gonna put that back into like i don't know buying new speakers where you might yeah. as wanted you might see everybody right now they're rocking the latest they're look they're rocking the latest jordans but yeah, you're like yeah. i could buy them but then i'm not able to get the speakers or the interface or something to do with music yeah, so it was like definitely. certain times just knowing what to put your money into that will benefit your career later on down the line um 
that whether it be a laptop like a laptop's a big investment yeah. depending on what one you get and stuff but it is a good investment to get like a i think the lap when i start when i invested it heavily into a laptop that's when things started clicking in place as well because it could handle everything that i wanted it to do as well yeah yeah and i think um yeah like we were saying before people always want instant results don't they yeah 100%. so if they're making an investment they think oh, i'm not gonna straight buy this away. thing because it's not gonna bring me something back straight away but nah, that, that's the way I, looked years. It. I remember when i when i purchased the laptop at the time and i just looked at my bank account and i was like my chest was hurting <laughs> i was like how did yeah. i just spend how did i spend that much on a laptop but then in the long run it's it's done everything plus more that i could have asked for for that laptop doing by the time i was like why am i spending this much on a laptop but now i'm thankful that i did do it of course you had the patience and it's yeah. obviously paid that back plus a lot more so yeah other producers nice that now. i spoke to that was like sort of like would mentor that there was like in a position where i wanted to be they would say no nah, trust me like invest yeah. it that like, you'll get you'll make it back just invest in it now and like in a year maybe two years you would see that plus more just yeah, yeah. do make the investment it's worth it so yeah just knowing what to sacrifice and just have being smart with what to put your money into i'd say the only real struggles is just yeah not being able to buy what you want all the time but it's for the long you're looking at the long term um the long term and the long term gains in it yeah 100 yeah, yeah, 100 yeah. it's hard for people to do isn't it when people are looking on instagram and seeing everyone oh, shit or yeah, 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 the yeah. boys are maybe your boys are going out one weekend and you're like nah i can't do it this weekend it's, yeah, it's yeah, them yeah. little things like it might seem like it might seem like you're kind of wasting your life away by not doing it at that moment but mm. if this is the shit you want to do then that's the kind of shit 100%. that you have to There's, sacrifice like, at the you, start you just brought it back like you brought it back a memory when you said about people going out and stuff that's one of the main things yeah. as well. i remember one there was like everyone would go out on like friday saturday nights like when i was younger yeah. but then my thing would be stay at home make beats just yeah, learn yeah. the craft like put the hours in i think somewhere something about there's a book the i read boys were probably saying like bro you're boring man you never come out you yeah literally literally but i was like mm. i knew what i knew by then i knew what my purpose was and it wasn't right. going out spending money on alcohol and feeling rubbish the next day it was staying yeah, at home yeah. making beats so that one day you'll be in a position like to pursue your dreams in it um yeah so yeah yeah 100 so you started making a li- you started making a living off music yeah um you had like a couple placements what was mm. your first like major one where you thought i'm trying to think what i even define as major because yeah. you can have like good placements but then you can have like big ones but maybe like the first like big one where you thought like this is serious now um so i was getting like a lot of stuff done with young teflon at the time and yeah obviously I listened to him a lot and stuff. So I really re- like respected his music and him as an artist. So um, I was happy to get them. But then when I, I probably say the one where I was like, okay, cool. Because it was someone that I always wanted to work with was, yeah. um, I think it was that maybe the second or third placement uh, where I got, where there was an artist called Squeaks and he got Stormzy on the record with him. That's um, mad. So at the time, it's not the Stormzy we know now, but, he was on the come up and, and making a lot of noise. Um, yeah. And obviously he got on the track. And so I was there at the time, I think he was just like winning mobile awards and stuff like that. So he was still big. And so for yeah. me hearing his verse on the track, I was like, okay, cool. Like that's like my Crazy first, feeling. for me, that was like, yeah, that's the first, I was like, okay, cool. I can actually, a household name to speak. 
is on a beat yeah. that I've done cool like I'm gonna go even harder now do you think so when you got that that one do you think it was like a domino effect they oh, all started yeah. coming in? I was like yeah what's next like what yeah. else do I need? just then I think around about that time as well certain things was coming out like tutorials on how to do certain things and whatnot so it made it a little bit easier um yeah and yeah it was literally just kept going after that that was just gave me the energy to keep going yeah so that's mad to think that that was one of your first like yeah it was major, that it, major was, it was in a way. The f- i'd have to check the sound card it was i think it was like maybe five years ago and it was like the first was no it was it was either the second or the third placement that i got yeah and i was crazy. yes i was literally sending art beats to artists that i was listening to in it so it was like yeah and once he said oh like i got storms and i was like what and then it came out and then yeah that's mad so was that from emailing beats was yeah that, like literally i, I started emailing i was emailing squeaks at the time obviously right I, I think yeah so then he'd give me his number i was just sending him beats via um whatsapp and stuff and then he was like oh like leave this one with me kind of thing in it like just leave yeah. this one here let me like do my thing with it and then he come back and he was like bro i got stormzy on it and i was like whoa that's crazy and then um and then yeah it came out so it was a good look at the time innit? that's insane yeah that's mad. how about the pot of paper ones as well because you produced quite a bit on potter's latest yeah project. so i think there was like four on the new project but the thing so again i go back to like sampling and stuff when i first started coming in the game i was listening to potter as like a fan like i fucked with his music a lot so yeah. like my friends they put him they put um me onto him his music and stuff so i was listening to what he was doing and i was like oh um the samples that was in the beats and stuff i was like cool yeah so i think from them and i was always trying to like send him beats and stuff like that so i was sending him beats sending him beats i think um and then he before i think he went prison and then but before he went prison um he jumped on like two of them and he'd done like right. freestyles on them. This was maybe like three, four years ago on, I think it was like Morgan Keys at the time. He was doing a rap show on Rinse FM. So yeah. Potter had done two of them freestyles with my beats. And then he went prison. Whilst, But then whilst he was in prison, I kept on sending him beats. All the, like a lot of the time I just kept on sending him beats while I was in prison. And um hoping that he was sneaking yeah like so he was just writing to to them while whilst he was inside and stuff and then when he come out his manager hit me up and was like oh um you got any beats for potter kind of thing so i was like yeah of course sent him some other ones and then then they dropped i think it was 2020 vision yeah that was out of the new ones that i sent and then along with a few others that i sent um they was on the new project but some of the i think there was maybe one or two beats on there that maybe like four or five years old that like i remember right. making it for yeah about four or five years old the intro is a beat that's like four years old that's mad yeah that's crazy so, i bet you don't even like the beat anymore well yeah, i bet you I do now that he's on it but at the time you're thinking nah, it's five years ago i've improved since then yeah hundred. but the maddest thing was that same beat was meant to it was meant to be on nines first album one foot out oh, yeah and i don't know what happened but i don't know if it was down to like sample or whatever but it didn't make the album right so i was like i remember someone at the time there was an r he told me he's like don't say anything but that beat nines is using it didn't ended up being that beat as well it was a different beat that they ended up using but 
Yeah. That same beat then was just sat there and sat there and sat there. And then, but I think I'd sent it to Potter before he'd gone prison. So maybe he had right. these bars before then or whilst he was in prison writing to it. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was like four years old and then he come out and then they done four of the beats. But um, the whole point I'm trying to make as well is that <laughs> beats from four or five years ago, you can still get placements with them in 2020 and 2021. That's crazy to think, isn't it? Yeah. Like, because most people, even like, especially people that upload beats to YouTube, I know a lot of people have messaged me saying, do you think I should delete all of my old beats? Cause no, I think no, 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 no way. That is I, a big, I've done it, that's I can't lie, I've done it on some of my, I, do you know what, I did it today, the worst thing, I was going through my YouTube, like looking at yeah. my oldest videos, and I was like, some of these beats are so dead, and I deleted yeah, yeah, some, yeah. but just but having I listen, this conversation. I listened to it as well, and I'm like, oh, this, this beat was dead, I don't really like it, but when I hear people when I heard people's reaction to it, they're like, oh, I love this beat. Like, because yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like nostalgia. Like it takes them back to a certain, you don't really hear beats like that because for example, right. the beats that you might have deleted on YouTube, someone may have got their hands on it and done something on it that you didn't expect. And you're like, oh, cool. Like I should have kept the beat there basically. Yeah. Innit? Yeah. No, I yeah. definitely say keep, keep beats there. Cause you never know. Like I always say to myself as well, these beats that I'm making right now might not get placements this year my old beats from two or three years ago might still be getting placements this year so the ones i'm making yeah. now might be the ones that get placed in two three four five years time you never know good music yeah. is timeless anyway at the end of the day of course yeah and like you were saying earlier it's like it does a full circle like you're starting off with the sampling stuff and then mm. like to the rap stuff the drill stuff and now it's coming back to like 100 that's why I just lately drill, i've been like... the sampling sampling a lot getting back to the sampling yeah. so that's what originally i fell in love with so good to be yeah. back doing that but i'll still do melodies at the same time as well of course yeah do you run yeah. into many problems with sampling apart from like the nice problem or you don't uh, even know if that was i don't even know if it, i don't even know if it was that but i just remembered i, I think because it was a sample at the, I, I think maybe it wasn't cleared or something to do with that um yeah. but in terms of every no i don't no i don't i don't think i've come down i think no i haven't actually come down to sampling issue i feel like you would get an issue if it, excuse me, if it was, um, if it turned out to be like a massive record. Yeah. Yeah. Then I feel like they'd come for it, but I feel like they won't touch it unless it's like, like a massive record. They won't come for it. I think it's probably not worth people chasing if it's not getting millions yeah, 100%. of streams. Cause what are they but chasing if it's after? big enough, then they're coming for it. hundred percent. And you're going to have to sort yeah. something out. Yeah. So I'd, some I people try to avoid sampling in gent that, like, just as a whole, like, just don't want to sample just because of that. But it's like, you can still sell the beats as leases. You can still get placements with them same beats. So just do whatever sounds and feels good to you, innit? Yeah. And plus, if that song actually blows up and then people are chasing you about the sample, it's a good problem to have because your yeah, song's 100%. blown up. So, 100%. You know. Then people are going to, like, you're right, you're going to come to you. You're going to have to work out a split with the original sample, whoever made the original sample and stuff. But yeah. Don't be put off from doing it in the first place. Yeah, of course. And there'll mm. be people that will kind of help you with that. So, because that's another question that I get. Like, yeah. producers will message me and say, like, I've used samples in a beat. Do I need to clear it before I put it on YouTube and yeah. or before I put it on BeatStars? But I don't think you need to. I nah, think for YouTube and like BeatStars, I know I'm not like an expert in that field, but yeah. I wouldn't say that. I've, I've, I even heard like Meek Mill the other day he jumped on like a YouTube beat and it was a sample. So it's like, yeah if he ends up using that beat the label's gonna clear it anyway 
Yeah, of course. I think it's down yeah, to the labels to way. clear that sample in the first place. You just have to think when it comes to doing a con the contract, you have to basically state if you've used any samples. And if you have used any yeah. samples, the label then will have to take it upon themselves to clear the sample themselves. It's not really down right. to you, but you've got to be transparent and say, yeah, there is a sample on there. That makes sense. That's actually the same with BeatStars. They've just added something where you have to select if you've used a sample and uh, see where it's come from. So oh, they, I think I think they've just released they've just introduced that yeah, but but yeah like I was saying if um if, if you have put that tune out there with a sample and someone's mm. used it and it's blowing up then it's just a good problem to have because if yeah, you, yeah like, it's a win win you've used the yeah. sample now it's just about like clearing it and working out obviously if the song's going to be massive if the song's a massive song as well then it's like you said it is a win win you're still going to get paid but like yeah it's just got to be cleared in it. Yeah, or even if an artist takes it and let's say the label gets a quote on, you know, mm. like how much they'd have to pay for the sample and it's too yeah. much and they don't end up using it. At least that artist has heard your beat and they were ready to work with you. So yeah, then they, they might and message you and be like, a, have you got any more? You yeah, know yeah, I mean? 100%. They might want some of your other stuff that you've got and you might have a ton of beats that are sitting there that is just ready to go as well. So yeah, like, I don't get put off from sampling as well. Like you never know what can come from it. Yeah, 100%. So you never really wanted to to try the online thing. Was there a reason for, for like not trying? No, not really stars? because I've 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 thought about doing it a few times. I might even still do it at some point this year where I just put like a yeah. certain amount of beats on YouTube and just take it from there and build a YouTube platform as well. I've never been against it. I think yeah. it's good. Like I love what, like seeing the YouTube producers, like especially when I see like YouTube producers and they're getting like big placements as well. It's showing yeah, that it can yeah. be done as well. So. Um, I might even dip into that at some point this year, maybe. Do you think there's a certain stigma attached to producers that are heavily focused on the online stuff? Have you noticed that in the industry? Uh, I don't know. Not so much in the UK. I think maybe in America, maybe it might be a bit different. But in the UK, I feel yeah. like everyone sort of more embraces. Like I, I, I can only speak for myself, really. If I hear, yeah. hear someone on YouTube and like I'll reach out to them or they reach out to me and I hear their beats and I'm like, you're sick. I say, yeah, let's work. Whether I'm yeah. only producing in the industry or on YouTube or whatever, like a lot of my closest friends for music, like they've they're on YouTube as well. Like for example, like SA Beats, shout out to SA Beats. Yeah. He like we met from him doing his like YouTube producing, and then he gets placements as well with his YouTube producing. So you, the two go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. You can do 100%. both. Literally, do both at the same time. If you're doing beats on YouTube, send the beats out as well. Um, nothing wrong with it, man. Yeah, I suppose there's benefits to being online. There's benefits mm. to both, but why not do both? You like, can do, do both. both sides. The, like... the prime example is when I was coming up as well. The people that was killing it online was Taz Taylor. And I remember just yeah, watching yeah, yeah. his. There was like him, MJ Nichols, a few other producers at the like time. The internet money guy. Yeah, like now that's formed as internet money, and now you look at them as YouTube producers to what they're doing now and like breaking out yeah. artists and number one records and plex all over the walls it's like look they started from um producing online and look where it can get you to so i think anyone that's looking down or has that stigma attached to people selling beats online or you're living in the past yeah and it's probably a jealousy thing as well like yeah there's a lot of kids making a killing online just selling, yeah, like, no, selling beats. a lot of people that sell beats online and through youtube and stuff will make more money than people that are waiting for a placement in the industry yeah that's why i yeah. do both 
rather you can than kind of be more in control of it, can't you? And yeah. you get paid straight away. Whereas, yeah, 100%. I don't know how long it usually takes. Like, you might be waiting for like your PRS payments, which are what to come like, through. I think PRS is every three months, and then you got to wait for yeah. a label to clear the invoice and like do both. Why not do both? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. How long does it usually take to get paid from a label? I guess it varies depending varies, on the label. Like, it varies on the, on the label and stuff, but normally, like when I've dealt with labels, not at the times it's been like within for like your advance payment and stuff like that. It's been within. Like they'll send the contract out, you'll sign it, send it back, set, get your lawyer to check it. Um, yeah. Probably from the time you sign the contract and you're happy with everything, I'd probably say it probably takes anywhere up to a month to get your advance. Yeah. And then obviously then it's down to like get it sorting out your PRS and your royalties and things like right. that, which is where you should like really and truly, if you've got like big songs and stuff like that, then it's good to get like either a publisher or a lawyer on deck to make sure every, you're getting every penny that you deserve yeah do you think it's necessary for producers to let's say they're gonna get like maybe the first big placement and the the label sentence them over a contract do you think it's worth producer investing in just paying a lawyer to review the contract 100 percent, 100 million percent it might be 200 300 pound a lawyer charges to check the contract but in the long run like if it's going to be a big record, that three hundred pounds is not going to be nothing compared to what the song's going to make. So you might as well have your business in order, pay the lawyer the lawyer fee, and get that contract yeah. signed, rather than thinking, ah, oh, it might be your last three hundred pound you got, but put yeah, that, yeah. or maybe you might know somebody that knows somebody that might know, like to check it out and stuff like that. So, but definitely, definitely, do not sign anything unless somebody with more experience or a lawyer has check that because you don't know what you could be signing you hear horror stories all the it time could be, don't you it could be like a 20 page document and they use all kinds of words to hide certain things in the yeah. contracts where like you might not see what you thought you was gonna just definitely don't and if the label or the artists are rushing you to sign just relax don't even swear it just wait and make sure you get it signed yeah, because I bet some people will think if they are rushing them, then if they don't sign it, they're not going to use the beat. Yeah, they've no, already decided that they want to use the beat, so they're going to use it. Like, I remember there was an artist. Um, so it came down to doing a project, and the artist didn't want to pay the producer fee for the beats right. and stuff like that. And then the label had the project ready to go, and like there was billboards and stuff like that. But on the Thursday, when it came down to putting out the project, the label couldn't put out the project. Oh, that's crazy. Because that's the, the producer hadn't signed off on the contract. So you, as producers, you hold the power. Don't feel that you have to sign the contract. You hold the power. Uh, even if you're not happy with the price and you want to negotiate the price, negotiate your price. Yeah. They, they've recorded the song and they're ready to put the song out. So you, if you're not happy with the price, change the price. They're going to have to come back to you and negotiate because they want to put it out on their thing. So don't yeah. feel rushed. Just take your time with it and... Yeah, don't don't feel rushed into doing it. They ha they have to wait for you to sign it. You hold all the power. I suppose if they're sending the contracts, it's probably suggesting that that track's already recorded. Like hundred percent, they've got it there. They've like it means they got the track list done. They've got all the things ready, ready to go. Like sign the contract yeah. so we can release the project and have the green light. If you don't do it, you can't release it without me signing it. Otherwise, yeah. you you could join for a big <laughs> um, lawsuit. You're getting course, sued because yeah. I didn't sign anything. And I suppose they're not interested in in buying beats that haven't made an album or haven't made anything. Because rappers, 
they record so many tracks like before they actually put out a project. But 100%. They won't be buying them beats before the project's released, will they? Or no. maybe not right at the beginning. They'll, they'll, it's sort of like they'll use like have like sort of through experience and stuff. It's like artists will record hundreds of songs and then it will just be like yeah. narrow it down to like the best ones they want for that project and stuff like that. So they might yeah. re- record 200 songs that year and then it's down to like the best 15. And then once yeah, it's time yeah. to decide what beats, then I sort of, then they'll start hitting up the artists, um, oh, sorry, the producers to sort of sort out the um, buying, the, buying and purchases of the beats. Yeah, definitely. Or they yeah. might even just re- record to random like free beats that they've seen. You know, mm. Or just anything that they can download, and then they start looking for beats that are similar to it. Similar to it, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because that might just spark the inspiration, and then they yeah, might want to yeah. take it to the next level and stuff like that. Whether it be shouting at producer or saying to someone, "I want something like this, but I need it to be like this, 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 and this," and like, do you know what I mean? Trying to piece it together themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. One downfall that I can think of of uh, selling your beats online is mm. let's say, let's say you're selling beats online and you're selling like leases for thirty. Yeah, and then like a higher lease with stems for a hundred, yeah. and then exclusives for I don't know a bit more than that. If if you're getting like a major artist on your beat, and the label is sending a contract over, or, or even mm. just asking how much you want for the beat, yeah, do you think that person's gonna struggle to to get more than what they sell it for on the website? Because it's like, if you start saying, of... "Oh, I want a grand," they might be yeah. like, "Well, you're selling it online for a hundred." Yeah, so... you, you, you. But it's like I feel like I don't know if. Because I don't really sell online, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do see a lot of producers now they put exclusive make an offer. Yeah, that's right. So in that sense, if they're coming to you for the exclusive, then cool, you can be your own sort of, you can set the price that you want, whether it be whatever price you want to put. But yeah. if you've got it already in your thing, our exclusive is 350, they're going to say, well, <laughs> you're selling it on 350, <laughs> we'll, we'll just buy it for 350 from that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. as the exclusive, yeah. whereas the ones that I see where it says make us an offer is probably the best bet. Then you can sort of make, make up what you feel the beat is worth. Yeah. You've got more negotiation power. hundred percent. Yeah. So I would say I don't it. sell online and I'm not expert at selling online, but if you can change it to make an offer, then you hold more power in them making you the offer rather than you having a set price where a label or artist can see and say, well, hold on. <laughs> like you said, you're selling it for free. Three hundred dollars. Why? Why are you asking me for more than what you're selling it for online? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They can, you can land yourself in a tricky situation then. Hundred so, percent. Yeah, I think that's important. That's what I did. I think when I first set my beat stars, mm. I had it on for I can't remember what I set it for, but then I quickly changed it to make an offer. Make an offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably people were telling beneficial. you as well. You probably yeah, like you probably like you'll end up lowballing yourself. Like to like, oh, they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll buy the exclusive off you right now for that price. Yeah, yeah. Of I'll take I'll take that all day and I'll, but like once you know your worth and like you see progression and stuff like that, I feel like everyone will change it to make an offer because you know the way the the UK music scene's going, music in general, like producer needs to be paid and like artists are making a lot of money off of it. So you as a producer should be valuing yourself higher. Yeah. Than three hundred dollars for an exclusive. God, yeah, sorry, go on. I'm just gonna say how do you think producers should be pricing the beats if they were to get like a, a serious artist on there mm. because a lot of people don't know what to charge or because maybe they're broke themselves. They think that nobody has money, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of people, I mean, yeah, they, or they might just, they might not value themselves that much. Again, it might be a confident, I think, confidence it, I thing. Think cause of, it's down, I think it's down to like, 
in, I think it's individual to each person. Like you might be yeah. young coming up in the game, you got your first placement and the label reaches out to you and says, how much for the exclusive? You might, to you, 300 pound might be a lot of money at that time. So you're happy yeah. with that 300 pound. But then as you progress and you get older, you sort of value yourself more. And right. um, the more experience you've got, more people you worked with, I feel like you can demand a higher feed based on, it's sometimes, I don't think it should be like that, but I think it's like, based on who you've worked with or quality of the beats, um, yeah. how much you can charge. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say pretty much to you, what, what would you be happy with? And just don't lob, don't lowball yourself, but like, what would you, what do you feel that that piece of art is worth? Yeah. Like just I don't suppose, undersell yeah, I suppose it. it's different for each person, isn't it? And yeah, 100%. Like, I don't, I don't on... there's never like, when I've been speaking to producers that I know and stuff, there's never like a set price. It's all that like label might hit you with a price, but yeah. to each producer that might be changed. Like you might hit me with a price, and I'll be like, "That's I'm not accepting that. You need to up it." So yeah. each one is different. Like whenever I speak to other producers and stuff, it's it's different, just depending on who you are, who you worked with, what label it is. Um, very hard to say like a set price. Yeah, hundred percent. I suppose yeah. it's all about like how much you've built up your personal brand as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like how it depends on the on your circumstances at the time, like you were just mm. saying. So if someone might be having like a month where they're quite struggling, they've got, yeah. you know, a full family to feed and everything. Yeah. And then someone hits them up with like 200, you might be like, you know what? This 200 is actually going to pay for a lot 100%, of my bills this month. Like, so then I'm I can understand. Gonna... I can understand yeah. taking it. Like if someone's offering you 300 pounds for the, for the exclusive and like you don't think you, you don't think you're able to get much more out of them for the beat. Yeah you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day in it like so sometimes yeah. times are hard so you got to then do it but then as time goes on i think they'll learn and value their worth and stuff but that comes with time in it course yeah because yeah there's a flip side to that where it could be like you're comfortable with money you're not struggling and if someone offers yeah. you 200 it might be a beat that 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 you know has potential or you yeah. actually believe in yourself so you might be like I, I don't need it i'm not desperate right now so the prime nah. the prime example i'd say to, like was when I first started making beats, like in the UK, there wasn't there wasn't streaming, there wasn't you couldn't monetize on YouTube like that. It was more you're just doing it for the love of music. So when these yeah. artists are jumping on the beats earlier on, like when I first started making beats, it wasn't a thing of ah oh, money, money, money. It was a more yeah. I'm excited for the placement rather than the money. It was never about the money. Um, it right. was more about the art and hearing the song come out because there was no money in the there was no money there was no streaming back then so it was like yeah yeah <laughs> there's no money to be made so we're just doing it for the love of the music yeah 100 percent. so what what keeps you motivated then because i reckon yeah. when some people or i imagine when some people start getting some big placements they might be like you know what? I'm, I'm comfortable now i'm gonna take my foot off the gas type nah, of thing so. i feel like that's where like when we was talking about earlier having yeah. the right people around you like your circle and things like that um like the people I'm around and stuff like that, I look at people that are still motivating me and I'm seeing like, oh, there's a next step to go to. You know, all right, cool. I might have yeah. done this, this and this, but now I want to do this. Like I might think now I want an international placement. I yeah. might want a billboard award now. I might want this. And I feel like it's never, it's never ending. Like, because even if you were to get like a billboard, it's like, what's next? Yeah. I want a Grammy. Like, what is the pinnacle of it? So it's like, I always will find some, once I've got something, can I've, if I've wrote something down and then it's happened, 
then yeah. I think, okay, I'll reevaluate my goals and then I'll be like, all right, cool, now I want to do this, this and this and to start planning to try and reach them goals. Yeah, definitely. Because I hear so many like successful successful people say that, like, it's never enough. Like you were just no. saying, like, once you've got one thing, you always no, want to know what's but next. Sometimes that's a blessing and a curse as well because... Yeah. You'll when get do you the ever feel you comfortable? Of. When do you ever feel relaxed? Like, yeah, you'll get the thing that you dreamed of, and then um, a prime example was for ages. I wanted a song that was like that's constantly getting spun on radio and big, and yeah. I wanted a plaque. I think it was around about my birthday. I think I got the plaque, and then they started playing a dig that the song I did for dig that and D block. But it was a, within a right. week of each other, and these two was two of my goals that I've had at the beginning yeah. of the year. Um, and so once it happened, I was like happy for maybe a day. And after yeah. that, I was like, what's next? I was <laughs> so literally like, chasing what? that for Yeah, for I was years, like, what is it? next? Like, I need to go and do something. Yeah. I need to do something else now. So I feel like it will never end. Like I think that's on someone might get a billboard or something. But you, if you sit back and you're like, oh, I'm good now. That's when complacency yeah. can kick in and the hunger, you can lose the hunger. But for me, it's always like, what's next? Whether Even yeah. if it's like looking at like younger kids and stuff, what they're doing um, and where the music scene is going, just paying attention to that and being excited for like new sounds, up and coming artists and stuff like that. You always got to embrace yeah. like who's next up and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to like w when you actually achieve them things to like take a moment to a, appreciate it and, be like, you know, and yeah, reward yeah. yourself you know like yeah. taking that moment but then yeah have that mindset where you do want to chase what's next because like you said you can get too complacent complacent yeah, sorry yeah so let's go into like the technical side a bit yeah um do you use fl yeah yeah, yeah. fl studio from i think it was from when it was maybe fl studio 9 or fl studio 10 can't remember but it was one of them but i've always used yeah always used fl Nine, studio that's, yeah that's yeah that, that's time ago yeah fl9 i can't remember FL9. yeah it was either fl9 or fl10 i can't i remember i think when someone Back when first... it was actually fruity loops yeah 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 it was cool yeah, yeah, yeah. Fruit, fruit, yeah it was called fruit loops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it was still um that's but nice. that's when i was just like dibbling dabbling when i when i jumped on it properly i'd probably say it was like fl studio 10 yeah yeah all right cool so yeah so tell me through your usual process i know it's probably different each time but yeah you've just opened nine times laptop, out of ten it will be FL. like um It'll just be like start with like melody basically or sample, yeah. melody or sample. Um, and then like sort of it depends as well. If I've got like an artist in mind, I'll sort right. of cater it towards them and what I can hear them going for. Or some days I might just feel like let me just be free with it and just create something that I would yeah. like and then just see um see who I can hear on the on the on the record afterwards. Um right. But yeah, always are you the type of melody. guy that will make like 10 beats per day? Or nah, is it, do, you know, do you spend quite like, a bit of time? Nah, nah, nah. I can't, I can't do that, like the whole 10 beats a day thing. Like yeah. I think my thing's more like I'll do maybe one or two beats a day, if that, or maybe one yeah. a week or two a week and just like spend time on the records rather than trying to knock like 10 or 20 beats a day. Like people can, I know people that can do it and they'll be like 10 or 20 and 20 of them are banging bangers yeah, yeah and it's just like but for me i rather just like take the time with it and um just think the, but then some days i have splurges where i'll be like i'll start like five sick ideas 
It's yeah. all different, isn't it? But I say on average, in an average week, I maybe finish maybe three or four beats a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's enough. It's more than enough. I'm, I'm the same. I'm like, I'm on that kind of vibe where I do like to spend my time with it a bit. I don't like to feel. I don't like to feel rushed, like I need to yeah. bang out 10 beats today because nah, that's when man, you start. I, I feel like you, you lose it and if you're rushing it, you're going like, to... you got to remember what you're doing it for. Like If you're doing it yeah. as, just solely as a business and you see it as just a way to make money, then cool, do 10 beats a day, whatever. But if you're doing it because yeah. you love and enjoy music, I feel like you'll put a bit more time and sort of effort and dedication into the beat because at the end of the day, it's your art. Yeah, 100%. And when you're spending more time on it, that's when I feel like you can get a lot more creative because that's when you can start tweaking things or just try new sounds like yeah, cycling 100%. through like new plugins, everything. 100%. Do you have a couple like go-to plugins that you use? Um, I think like for a long time, it was just as soon as I opened up FL Studio, it would be right, load up Omnisphere. Yeah, but over yeah. The last, that was everyone's go-to for yeah, a long time. Over the it? last, say, uh, year, two years, I feel like I've leaned more towards contact. Yeah. And um, contact. And I think it's Arturia Analog yeah, Lab. Yeah, yeah. So them two I've been using a lot more than Omnisphere. But I will go back to Omnisphere now and then for like certain sounds and presets that I like. But now it's leaning towards contact. Um, yeah, the quality of contact guy, is just crazy. He just me up with all of these it? contact banks. And I was like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is, <laughs> let's just go in at Conte. He, just, he was like, do you need to get these contact banks? So I got them and then, yeah, crazy. Yeah, can't, do you know what? Speaking of like contact, I just did, I did an interview with Native Instruments. Okay, they, yeah. They shouted me on Instagram. They were just, because yeah. they're working on a new product. So they were just asking me a couple of questions and then they okay, hooked they me up with feedback. like loads of, yeah, so they yeah. hooked me up with loads of contact banks. But, yo, know, they're like 30 gigabyte Bro, per bank. So I have, I've I'm... only been able to download like five. Bro, like this, this is 30. what I was saying. The laptop, like the laptop was key when I bought the laptop because the laptop that I would have, if I had tried to attempt to open up yeah. a contact bank, it oh, like the that. RAM would have went crazy. <laughs> you would have known when you try to open up a bank that's like 30 gigabytes. I think there's yeah. one, I think there's one that I got called um, Jade Ethnic. I think it's that like Chinese one does flutes. That's and stuff the one like I'm that. trying to get. Bro, Yo, that. There's that, that one violin, one, I can't remember what it's called, but there's one like sick violin in there. Bro, it's like a hundred, it's like a hundred gigabytes. What? So when the you're trying to load up the sounds, bro, it is crazy. But if you, when you get time, trust me, get that. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I've seen a few people using them in tutorials and it's been my, like, crazy. that's like my, my next one to get. Obviously, that's not owned by Native Instruments, is it? It's owned no, by, it's like, it's like, like a third stress, party that will make novels, it. something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's the one. They do another one, I think as well, it's called, um, Bulkland, Bulkland, what's it called? Oh, I forgot, but it's similar to the Jade Ethnic one. Yeah, was it like a smaller version or? No, it's like a, a more Eastern European sounds, like right. uh, Bulgarian, Russian, whereas the Jade Ethnic is like Chinese, Asian. Right, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I need to try them definitely. Contact is sick for like just realistic sounds isn't it like if you want a piano you, you know when you open one up in contact it's going to be like the piano to use same 100%. with like strings i'm always using strings in contact i feel like yeah i always for realistic sounds all the all the time um is contact is the go-to now isn't it yeah 100%. Uh, if it's like more synth you'd run with omnisphere um but yeah contact is my go-to now for for them kind of sounds yeah and where are you finding like samples these days? Are you still 
Just, so samples I mean, as I well. I take like, it you're not pulling out records anymore. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Unless it's like some days I might not have, I might not hear anything that I really like or something like that. Whether right. it be somebody sending loops out or um, you can go on websites now and like download like original compositions that people have made and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So I listen to a lot of them sometimes as well. But if nothing's inspiring me, I might go through like my mum's old stuff or um someone's vinyl and stuff and just see if there's because if i feel like if you go through the old records and stuff like that sometimes you'll find hidden gems that are not available yeah. online um yeah or you wouldn't have just found online because yeah once you've got that album there it's easy to like flick through them 10 tracks but once you're on youtube you might be looking through playlists and it's just completely different all the time so yeah, yeah 100%. you can definitely find some hidden gems but a lot of the times i will just go on youtube and just like have a listen see like uh what samples they are like i chop a lot of samples anyway just in general i'll chop them up like ready for when i'm gonna make a beat but like i'll give them to certain producers that i like and stuff like that as well just give them to like um use on their own terms and stuff like that as well oh so you're finding samples and sending them to other people yeah just like i just like i just love finding samples and chopping the samples as like one of my main things then i'll give them like to some of my version you'll you'll give them yeah, I'll give them the chop oh, loop where it saves them time from having to chop it. And it's just like, I just enjoy chopping samples anyway. Yeah. And then if I can give something to them that um, helps them out when they're making beats, it's win-win yeah. at the end. And like, I could make a beat with the same loop and you can make a beat with the same loop. And we're going to have two different, completely different beats out of it. So it's yeah, like, yeah. it don't affect me in any way. Like I'd just rather help other producers out. Yeah, because most people will be like, once they find a certain sample of like, yeah. I'm keeping this. I'm not nah, giving it anyone. Like, there might be like, a, there might be like one or two where I hold back, and I'm like, yep, that yeah. one, that one is definitely for me. But nine times out of ten, I'll just like put them all in, and then whoever, like, I've had people send me back beats that they've done with, and I'm like, I didn't even realize that was the sample that I chopped. So it's like, it's yeah. crazy what you can do with them. Yeah, everyone's everyone's just creative in their own way, aren't they? Hundred mm, percent. I, I like watching them. Um, just some videos, you know, where like it might be like four producers flipping one sample. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good and to it was see, the like, way, yeah. everyone's creativity. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not want to come back. Did you ever watch Rhythm Roulette? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them? I used to always, yeah, I used to always. I don't, I don't think I've watched any um, lately, but I remember watching a lot of them. Uh, a lot of producers I don't that know look if up to them. out in a while, but yeah, no, they, they have They had like everyone on there. Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember the ones that I've watched, but I think Boy Wonder had one. I think Cardiac had one. Yeah, like, some Bill of the Mind had one as well. Yeah, I was I was watching them all the time because I'm like paying attention to the sample. And I'm thinking, how are you gonna flip this? And then once they've yeah. done it, it's like crazy how you what you can do with a sample. You know which one's sick? Um, Eminem's producer. Um, I forgot his name now. Um, ah oh, man, he was in D12. Oh, Shit, I forgot his um, name. I forgot his name as the well. Pop, Mr. Potter is it? I want to yeah, say Mr. I think, Potter. Yeah, I could I, be making I don't think up. I've seen that one. You should watch that one. That that yeah. one's sick. No, I'm definitely yeah, gonna. You, I'm gonna write that down and pay attention. Flip. So how about like just anything that you're working on at the moment? Because you, you sent me a drum kit. I, I ended up using it yesterday. I was yeah, in the yeah, studio like, yesterday and used it. With, with that kit, like I've had it then, basically all it is is my go-to sounds that I've collected over the years, isn't it? So I'll literally right. make a folder and like I'll just update it every year with the sounds that I'm using. And yeah. so I was like, um, I was going to put them all together there and then at some point this year I'm going to drop that just for like other producers and rather than it be just like 10 kicks 10 snares yeah, yeah. i don't plan on doing like uh a drum kit every year i just want to give 
like producers like maybe if you're just starting Your out sounds. um you've got literally a whole bunch of sounds for the same price in it basically which is everything yeah. like i said it's everything that i would use as my go-to sounds i'll just go straight yeah. away open it up and then i'll choose some of them sounds but i'll update it all the time that's what I need to start doing because I, I still just have everything in separate kits. Nah, bro, I think that's a, where I spend most of my time. It's a, yeah. If I had my laptop right here, I would show you uh, that literally as soon as I open up, I'll go into it, RXR 2021, and then I'll go through all the sounds and it's like, they're always getting updated. Like, and if I like a sound, I'll pull it out to the left, to the thing and then put it into my folders. So I'm like, cool, I yeah. know it's there. I can go to it and it's easy. Yeah, that's such a time saver because yeah. yeah, I spend so much time like... When looking I start making a beat, sounds. I'm just looking through all kinds of sounds. Yeah. I don't know why I do it. I keep telling yeah. myself every day, like, you know, as soon as I've used the sound, like if I use it in a beat, why don't I just put that into a separate folder where it's the ones that I've Sometimes used. people don't want to like, it's like, sometimes it's a bit time consuming, but I think I started doing it when I was like 2016, in 2016, I think it's just a habit now yeah. where, oh, I like that sound and I've been using it a lot. Right. Let me put it to the side or there might be a day where I'm just like, let me just look for some new sounds to add to my kit. Yeah, yeah. And that take off. I guess it goes back to that same thing with investing in yourself instead of investing money, just invest a bit of time now to save yourself so much time in the future. Yeah, some people always think it's got to be just making beats. Sometimes it's organising your files and um, your drum kits and things like that just to make stuff easier for when you're in sessions or want to be creative. It's 10 times easier. Yeah, Yeah, just staying organised. I think yeah. that, that's kind of one of the reasons why I started making my own kits. But I started getting into like actual sound designing where I'm like creating everything from everything scratch. Was, yeah, that's the best. Yeah, if you're doing kits like that, then it's best, like you said, you're giving them something new um, yeah. rather than something that they've got by such renamed 20 different times by their 20 different people. Yeah, like, yeah. If you're recording your own sound, making your own sounds, it makes you unique because then people will want to buy it to use like the percussional things that people have never heard before. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't know if you get this, but sometimes I get bored of like using the same sounds. Oh yeah, so that's yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I'm, even, I'm even bored of using my own kit right now, so yeah. that's why I'm, I'm working on a new one at the moment. But it's because I use my own like so much, so and then much. I get bored of it. Yeah, yeah. no, no. But then like one man's trash is another man's treasure. Like 100%. I might not be using my it, kit, but then you yeah, give it to someone, someone else, and they'll be like, "This kit is the best kit ever." Like to someone that just first got their hands on it, and it? it's like, yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah, so there, there might be some, there might be some kits dropping. Um, yeah, I, I, have you got a plan for when you're gonna drop that? Uh, probably like maybe summertime. Probably I just release it then. Like it's just, um, yeah, yeah just to like I just basically want like say new producers or whoever just to like have a lot to get started with, and it's like there's everything that I would still go to today. Um, yeah, it's been collected from like 2016. Some sounds in there that to drop because then you are saving people that time of like organizing everything because you know yeah, it's going to be a good sound. It's all there. You might not like everything, but yeah, like I've gave there. it to like a uh, few producers and stuff like that. And whenever they, they always say to me, oh, like, I go to that kit a lot now, like can use yeah. the sounds in it. And I'm just like, right, cool. I know it's good then, isn't it? Kind of thing. So um, yeah, I just wanted to give it to a few people first and then I'll drop it later on in the year. That's good, man. I suppose you wanted some feedback as well, didn't you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and, I want yeah, people yeah. that's like actively like working and, like, do you know what I'm saying? So send it to you, send yeah. it to a few other people just to see, like, sort of gauge whether people like it and stuff. Well, from you said, like, you open up and use it, then that's, that yeah. makes me happy. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. So apart from that, is there anything, well, I know you're working on a bunch of projects right now, but I don't know if there's, 
much that you can say like on the podcast but yeah, if there no, is I'm anything just, that you working, want people you know to know what about it is the way the, the unless you unless you it's like 99% done and the the track list is out and everything like it's like yeah. cool we're working on a few projects but again it's just like um some people as well think are oh, like artists make usual beats but it's like um they use how many beats but if what I'm trying to say is if they use your beat, cool, but it's one thing them using it to land it on a project is another thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they might maybe want to aim to get maybe them on five of your beats rather than just one and then being like, oh, they posted a snippet on their Instagram on my beat. I can relax now. No, you need to make sure you got five or ten beats with them on it. So um Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my whole thing is just I'm just going to keep on working and working on these projects this year and then hopefully they will land and something's on them. They all stick and they end up coming out, yeah. I'm sure they will, man. I've got confidence yeah. in you. I'm sure yeah, I love, appreciate <laughs> that, bro. But yeah, just let everyone know where they can find you as well. Is it just RxR oh, yeah, so Music on the, all the, socials? Uh, yeah, the socials is just RxR Music on Twitter, Graham, on Twitter, Instagram, and on um, Snapchat as well. Just straight RxR Music on all of them. Cool. All right, bro. Yeah, yeah I appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate yeah, no, taking love, the time out your day. That, bro. Appreciate that. I love what you're doing as well for like producers and stuff like that, man. So it's a good look. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, I just yeah. thought that, that there's a lot of people doing it in the US, but there isn't a lot of people doing it in the uk nah. so i just wanted to kind of give everyone a platform platform yeah no 100 percent. like i said bro what you're doing like i can see the vision and like i know where it's going like you're going good places bro 100 percent, man appreciate that man well yeah we'll keep in touch and everyone that's listening bro. make sure you go follow him keep a lookout for what he's got dropping and yeah appreciate yeah. it bro love bro appreciate it